What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Florida-based rapper and producer Gats. We spoke about money, songs and movie trailers, a spoiler-filled breakdown of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the malleability of horror, making music videos based on his favorite movies, building his career and rebuilding it from the ground up twice, a brief tour of his discography, and the creative process behind his latest albums Robbed and Too Much to Rob, and his upcoming compilation album Robbers. Come fuck with us. Money is definitely a tool, and I never understood that, you know? When I was like, what, 19 and just a newborn in the world, and yeah, you're like, yeah, you get money and then you buy cool shit. You go and you buy video games. You know, you go to the record store and you get whatever, whatever. It's just like, okay, this is it. And then when my first day on the job, they're like, all right, yo, we got to give you a drawer. And they open up this safe and there's like $400,000 chilling. <laughs> it's a crazy visual. Have you ever seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Yeah, I have. All right. So, you know, crazy movie. Scene. Crazy movie. Uh, you know, is that scene where um, Johnny Depp is like opening up that suitcase or not suitcase, but the, the lunchbox. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's $10,000. And, and then the person's like, oh, I expected it to be in a much bigger suitcase. It seems like yeah. it's a whole bunch more money. It's not. Right. It's, it's really, really not. Really not. So once you like once I realized that money is a tool, like it just skewed my whole entire viewpoint of the world and like how corporations and businesses run and just it's wild yeah you know like you know like you know like and movies play uh, like i'm actually happy you brought this up now because like movies play such an important role in like the way we like look at money when it comes to shit like that because like because like right now i'm thinking i'm 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 thinking about two things i'm thinking well this isn't a movie but i'm thinking about like near the end of breaking bad when walter when like walter white has like that big ass like square of money it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just like nothing but just like just like groups of bankrolls just like mm-hmm. in a square and like and like you, know, you like sit on it and it's just like that's a lot of money <laughs> you know like <laughs> it, it, it just it just it just really made me think about like you know like you think about like you said like what 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 does a hundred thousand dollars look like you know like unless like unless it's uh you're just right. It's just not, it's just not as much as people think it is. It's just like it's not like the duffel bag. It's not like the duffel bag full of twenties. You exactly. know, like because <laughs> like that's just kind of the like especially when it comes to like drug related media like Breaking Bad or Once Upon a Time in Mexico, like which is kind of skewed in that way as opposed right. to the way you being skewed by being like this is what that actually looks like. It's more yeah. like something like a. It's more like how a um in pulp fiction and atlanta now that i think about it um like how they do the thing where they like open the box and there's just like the gold glow and you don't yeah. see what's in it and it's, it's just, just like that's almost more accurate you know yeah exactly it's it's almost more accurate than it yeah. would be to just be like here's this duffel bag full of like 20s it's like that's a hundred thousand dollars right there like yeah right. no like, <laughs> money don't really look like that and like you know as i think about 
all the things I think leading up to when I before I saw like real money, especially like depictions. So um whether it was something like Scarface and the money laundering scene or the lookout where you know Justin Gordon's character had the two duffel bags, mm-hmm. you know, that they were gonna, you know, had to go out there and bury themselves with and all that, or casino or even get rich or die trying, 50 Cent pulls up with the duffel right. bag of money. Like it's so unwieldy to have that much money in such large quantity when there's like a much quicker way to get to it because fifty thousand dollars is like the size of this pop like yeah (laughs) you know like it's it's like that's what a fifty thousand dollars really compact at its most efficient looks like it's it's small so right yeah and you know like now yeah money's really weird and like before before we like formally get started like now you got me thinking about um I'm assuming you've seen dead presidents before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like the, yeah. So like a significant portion of dead presidents revolves around them trying to rob the armored, um, rob the armored truck because, and, and, and the detail that always gets me is that like, there's like all that money is about to be taken to, um, it's about to be taken to get burned because like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's just like X it's literally just excess money that uncle Sam is looking to burn. And then when they like blow the back off the truck and all the money's on fire, like that, like that truck is stacked to the fucking brim with bread, you know? And it's like, and, and and it's just enough to remind you that like, a, that movie takes place in like the seventies, I think, or the sixties, either the late sixties or the early seventies. Cause it's Vietnam. It's Vietnam. Yeah. It's it's late. It's late sixties. Late sixties. So like, so like, you know, like you just look at that, like armored trucks are still a thing, obviously, but like that would be a lot less full nowadays, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't need, to, you know, you don't need to do that because yeah, because like, what if, you know, you know, like what if like six desperate people are trying to break into an armored truck and get all the money they can, you know, like it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just like the way, like the way we depict money in movies is really really interesting and i never really thought about the way that it kind of skews because yeah like i guarantee you there's so many people that be surprised you know you know like you know like if you're if you're like trapping or like moving drugs like the money's gonna look like that to an extent right but like life's not the movies i don't know that that's 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 all that's all i got from this yeah (laughs) that's all all i have and then what's crazy last last tidbit is yeah please come on you know that the actual dollar bills that they use in on, on set for films are bigger. So whenever yeah. you're watching these movies and you're seeing people put down dollar bills and they're like, and you're looking at it and you're comparing it to other objects, you know, with object relativity inside of the film, whether, you know, they're placing cash down you see a coffee mug or a plate or whatever the case may be the dollar looks so much bigger. And then when you're putting these on stacks on stacks and all that, like it just feels bigger. It seems bigger. So it really does kind of play with your brain. Then when you like look and you're like, oh yeah, this is a lot smaller than I thought it was too. Like right. you have that aspect of it as well. So yeah. Cause it's all just magic tricks at the end of the day. Like all, yeah. like pretty much every prop you see on a movie, but I'm on, 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 on in a movie, but especially money is a lot bigger because it needs to show up on camera properly, you right. know, like, and, and 
you know, like those those like movie set dollar bills might as well just be like two Uno cards or like three Uno <laughs> cards like taped together type shit. Right. And it's and yeah, it, it just it just all comes down to like it just all comes down to how that perception can just like, you know, like, yeah, because you hold a regular twenty dollar bill and then you hold a twenty dollar bill that like. I can't even think of an example of somebody holding a twenty. We could just go back to Fifty Cent and get Richard Die trying. You right. know, just like that shit just looks fake to to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it, like at least in hindsight, because Get Richard Die trying is on the movie's almost twenty years old at this point. So yeah, that's no. crazy to think, right? That's fucking with my brain. <laughs> yeah, man, because the out al- because the album's already twenty, or it's yeah. about to turn twenty. So, or maybe it's already next, twenty. No, it'll be next year. Next year, be yeah, 20, yeah, right. Oh, three, right, totally. Oh, three. Yeah. Um, damn, this has already been off to a great start. I haven't even done the drop yet. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is this is going great. Um, let me let me let me do this drop and then we can get started in earnest and all yes, that sir. shit. Um, what's cracking, everybody? We're already here. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just like it. Welcome back to Real Notes. Um, yeah, welcome back to Real Notes. <laughs> it's cold. Um, fog finally came. Um, I had to get a new tire on my car today and it's brick out. Um, I wasn't expecting to not feel good in just this, but yeah, man, um, we're alive. We're well, um, movies are, movies are moving. And, uh, my name's Dylan Green, Cinema Sci. I got a lot of names, do a lot of shit, move around a lot. And I'm with somebody today who also moves around a ton, you know, (laughs) um, I missed him. I missed him when he was in New York this time, but I'm a, I'm a link him next time. Um, this man's a rapper, this man's, um, a human being. Um, he's a nerd. There's shit all over his room. Like there is all over my room. Oh my goodness. I feel it. Y'all can't see it, but there's a big ass God of war PS4 in the back. And I respect that a ton. No, this is, this is, this is the crown jewel right here. Oh, damn. So this is, uh, Is this that is, Constantine? This is John Wick. This is this is a, okay, this, is a uh, okay. this is the deluxe version of it though. Like wow. I haven't even opened it. I don't know what it looks like. It's like it's crazy. And I got like two more. So I have like the actual regular ones. I got a tactical mm-hmm. John and a casual John. But then I have this John. I have a pop version of it as well. Like wow. Talk to me nice. Damn, you can't see him, but I have like three Gundams. I got a whole, I got a whole shelf full of unboxed pops. I know that's probably controversial, but I take my shits out the box sometimes. It's um, fine. Yeah, nah, like I love, I, I just love your setup. But we got Gats in the building. Gats yes, is sir. here, Florida's finest. Fucking, um, just killing the game as always. Um, yes. this has been a long time coming. So I'm really happy you're here. Thank you so much for being here, bro. I'm super excited. Uh, yeah, got GAT dollar sign. Don't forget the dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Opinion of flesh. I love pineapples. Um, hey, hey, yeah, and it's like it's Gats, like the Great Gatsby, not like shoot 'em up, bang bang. I have to tell people that every single time. They're like, oh yeah, like a gun. And I'm like, no, like the F. Scott Fitzgerald book, and they're like, what? And I'm like, it's a novel. It's like the greatest <laughs> American novel ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. <laughs> Even if you just read that shit in high school, I feel like everybody knows what the Great Gatsby is. Like, I don't, I don't remember the story, but I know what the Great Gatsby is. You know, like I read it oh. once and then never went back to it. <laughs> uh, long story short, guys in love with the girl forever goes to the military, gets discharged, takes his money, becomes a bootlegger, has an right. affair with the girl, and then chaos ensues, and then he gets murdered. 
Right. And oh wait, fuck, I saw the movie too. I forgot um the Baz Luhrmann movie that the I Baz wasn't a huge, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but um I didn't like Jay-Z for about 4 years after that. Why? <laughs> oh, just just because he did that? <laughs> he did the soundtrack and I was like not fucking with it at all. I was so mad when I watched that movie. I had a I was just like I was a Jay-Z hater. And this is the thing like I I believe that Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. But for those four years, I was just saying random people just because I was so spiteful. It was just like, oh, no, it's Nas. No, it's Lupe. <laughs> one one week it was like, it's Royce of 5'9". Have you listened to the bar exam? It's the greatest uh-uh, mixtape ever. Like, I was, I was being very flagrant. Sean Carter, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You know, hey, man, between that, bet- between Jay doing the Great Gatsby soundtrack, um, Kanye... Kanye soundtracking every movie trailer. Kanye and Ace ASAP Ferg is coming up on Con- like because like I'm starting to hear new level in every Everything. movie trailer these days. They sing the like, fuck out of that song. And like I'm happy for him too because I love new level and I love Ferg even if his new music hasn't been all that great. But like I just love I just love Ferg. Like I'm just happy that he's succeeding. But just like you know uh, between wanna... that and no 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 sorry say what you're gonna say. <laughs> I want Ferg to just have an album that's executive produced by somebody that can write songs. Yeah. Because Ferg has, Ferg is like, Ferg is like Lex Luger. Explain yourself. What do you mean by that? Like in the right, in the right environment, Lex Luger should have been and could have been top dog, great reigning champion, and then just for whatever reasons, the powers that be just, it didn't work out. Like, if you would have asked me 10 years ago who was going to be the breakout member of ASAP, I would have been like, oh, Ferg, duh. Yeah. Like, those early mixtapes, he had the hardest songs. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Like, in these, like, small little short bursts, A1, top notch. Yeah. And then yeah. you get... Trap Lord, tra- Trap Lord had me in a chokehold when it first came out. Like, Bruh. god damn. <laughs> it just it just needed he just I, I feel like he's always been one of those those rappers that needed the right direction um because like you know uh devil may cry like it's there's certain rappers that no matter what type of environment that you put them in or whatever that they're working with they're going to give you something that is worth something you know future drops an album tomorrow i'm going to listen because right. one of those songs is going to slap uncontrollably hard and that's all i'm going to need like I'm not looking for any classics from future. He's already given his dirty sprite too. I don't care anymore. Like there's nothing right. else that he needs to prove to me. But like a Ferg, man, I, I would just love to see somebody walk in there. I would love to see a Pharrell walk in there and be like, hey, let's let's do this the right way, you know? See, that would be beautiful, but I also just think like he's way past his peak at this point, And I mm. feel like nobody would care. Or I mean, like people would care, but it just wouldn't be like the you know, like, like if he had done that, if still striving had been that, mm. I think that would have been the time where it would have been like, all right, Ferg is back or whatever the fuck, because that, um, that, uh, the always strive, always prosper shit was whatever. Um, I really love the cover. Like he just made himself look like Brian McKnight for some reason. And, and I don't know why it just, it just, it just made me smile. He's always but, had a great eye. He's always had yeah. a great eye. Truly, yeah. you know, yeah, you're like I, I like, like I forget all the time that his 
yeah, yeah, like his father designed designed the bad boy logo. So right. like of course of, of course he's got a good eye. But like I just uh um and it's interesting to me that you compared him to Lex Luger cuz like cuz like because like did, did Luger rap or did he just make beats? I was, talking about, the wrestler. I was talking about the wrestler. Oh, but, my fault. Okay. No, you're, you're good. Right. No, 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 you're fine. But if we want to get it, if, if we want to get into it, that the producer side of Lex Luger, like that's also one of those situations where it's like, damn, he didn't really get the 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 looks that he should have. And I think a lot of people typecast Lex Luger for the Lex Luger style beats. And because of that his career didn't go where it should have been because he produced that one joint off of habits and contradictions. Um, it was real smooth. I can't, think I can't, of the, I can't remember the name, but I know, but exactly you know what, what you're you talking mean. about and it doesn't yeah, sound like a Lex yeah, Luger yeah. beat and it is incredible. Um, I would have loved to have seen Lex Luger really been really be like a premier producer because he's, he could have been a super producer for sure. I just think that the, that nigga Lex Luger beats were just too strong to overcome. <laughs> Man, yeah, I mean, you know, like you know, like all that shit was so iconic, and just like between him and like Jaleel Beats is someone I really miss a lot. You know, like Jaleel Beats was just everywhere in like the late two thousands and the early to mid two thousand tens. Like fucking he he produced Hot Nigga, bro. Like he produced Bobby <laughs> Shmurda's song. You know, like. Jalil yeah. Beats is a legend off of that alone, but just like he's produced for so many other people. And I just I love the tag. I love his style of his sauce. None of his shit sounds the same, but like it all kind of has that same like energy to it. And like, right, right. you know, like Lex Luger is someone who's the same, but like, I you, you know, like he just kind of made something that was so. He just like he just had a sound that was so dominant, you know, like the work that. You know, like the you know, like the work that Lex Luger did with everybody, like especially Waka, like mm-hmm. you know, like how do you how do you top that? You know, it's like it's, it, you know, like it's just like you, you you do something that you don't think is gonna have the impact it does, and then you know, like that's all people want from you at that point. It's like, yeah, are we ever gonna rough. hear a beat that sounds like? Are we ever gonna hear? Uh, Jetson made like do something that doesn't sound like Jetson made another one. Like, it, oh it, man, and I feel like he has it, he it, it has it, he has it in him, but you I'm know, sure he I, does. but it's just like, do people care? Really, the 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 person that I I, I feel like is not going to have that curse and I'm thankful for is ATL Jacob and Future did it the right way. We're just like, yeah, I'm going to put this guy on this album, he's going to produce the majority of the album. And I'm just going to make him do all types of stuff. So whatever songs hit, it's like people can expect this sound and that sound. Because like ACL Jacob put his foot in that album. Yeah, you truly. Really it, it, and, you know, like and and it's funny because I heard um, what's it called? ATL Jacob had he had half a beat on the new Babyface Ray album. And hearing his hearing his tag on a Babyface Ray album, I was like, wow, like I never would have expected that, you know, um, and the beat kind of grew on me because I wasn't huge on it at first. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just I just like it when people stretch out. And I also don't want to I also don't want to gloss over the fact that you were talking about Lex Luger, the wrestler, because I just think that's a great comparison. I just you said that in the first place, my brain went was like, oh, we're talking about the producer, I guess. Yeah, like, Lex Luger. yeah I mean, yeah. like the tag is hard, bro. So it's, it's, it's yeah. hard not to think that. 
mm-hmm. get it. It's fair. It's fair. Totally but nah, yeah, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to like steamroll over your original point. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Appreciate it. Shout I out to Lex Luger. It. Shout out to Lex Luger, man. He's still kicking. You know, that's uh, he's like super sick, but still around. So. Yeah, no, nah, him and Ric Flair are gonna live forever. You know. I I saw I met Ric Flair like three months ago. And How I was that. It was interesting because I immediately was like, man, this this guy's about to be an asshole to me. But like, he wasn't that much of an asshole. And you know what? I was appreciative of that because, you know, I've met a lot of people over the years and they always tell you, like, you know, you don't you don't want to meet your idols because they're going to disappoint you and all that shit. And I saw him and I was just like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this. I'd offered to buy him a drink. He was like, no, I don't take any drinks. And I was like, all right, it's okay. So I have like a, like a, just a picture or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And, you know, he's like in the middle of telling his wrestling story and he stopped and did his little thing and took the picture with me. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. This could have went left so easily and it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I was appreciative. Um, he's an interesting character. Interesting character. Um, and it's one of those things too where, you know, you... I, I think that people have these like really interesting scales of morality because this is the one thing I don't like about cancel culture because people don't own up to their morality scale. So it's like you will cancel somebody for doing X, Y, Z. And that's yeah, this your, that's your, your prerogative. You can do that. And then you'll champion somebody else who may have done the same thing. And because of one thing here or one thing there, you kind of let it go. And like, I have like a hard time like idolizing Ric Flair because I know he's a piece of shit, but also <laughs> he's Ric Flair. Like, am I like, this is like the only time that like I get, I could possibly take a picture and meet this person or like see for myself or have some type of, I guess, my own judgment as compared to just reading and hearing and all that. But I know he's a piece of shit, but he's Ric Flair. And like I, I struggled with that in the in that moment for like five minutes. I really was like sitting outside, like, damn, I'm gonna say hi to this person. This is crazy. Right. Yeah, it, it's 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 a lot. There's de- there's degrees to there's degrees to all of it and it's uh it's just I don't know. Like some you know, like sometimes like sometimes when it comes to a situation like that, it doesn't have to be that deep. Get your picture, have your fun. Like we love people for the reason we love them, you know, you know, you, you you know, like, you know, like, it's not like, it's not like you like ran up on R. Kelly and like asked to get a picture oh, with R. Kelly, not. you know, like, it, it, it's, it's, but, but, you know, like I said, it's all, it's all degrees to it. And it's I'm difficult. I'm liable to dropkick R. Kelly. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> same here, bro. But, you know, like, you know, like I said, it's just like, it's, it's your prerogative. Your mileage will vary. It's, 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 it's tough to navigate, but. You know, it's 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 it is what it is, and you got your picture, and that was somebody, and that's somebody you fucked with. So you know, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not mad at you. Is all I'm trying to say. I'm not I'm not mad at you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And and Uh, if you were, I would listen to it because you know it's Ric Flair. It's like yeah, um, you know, it's like yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, I've 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 heard some I've heard some shit. So it's like yeah, yeah. it's at least not R. Kelly. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Definitely not. 
Um, oh, shit. Let me ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on this show. What was the last movie or TV show that you watched that you had a strong opinion about? Hey, all right. So I don't really watch TV at cool. all. Um, and the reason why I don't watch TV is because I'm always constantly doing something. I'm like really in motion. The only TV yeah. that I tend to watch is wrestling. You know, I'll catch Monday Night Raw, I'll catch right. AEW, I'll catch SmackDown or whatever. Um, and that's because even if I can't watch it, I can get on Bleacher Report, check, all right, Luso's one, all right, cool, keep it moving. Um, it's easy for me to maintain and keep keep on top, even if I'm not actively watching it. So yeah. most of the time, if I'm watching something, it is a movie because it's like, all right, I'm going to dedicate two hours, three hours, watch this, and then I can keep it moving. I don't have to worry about catching up on it later. Da, 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 da. The only exception right. that I make show-wise right now is like Atlanta, which I haven't watched the last season at all. So I'm going to do that in like two weeks. I and, need to uh, hear what you think because that ending was... Oh man, I was so ready to talk about it too. That ending is so crazy. <laughs> when I watch it, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna DM you when I watch it. I'm like, there's gonna be probably a lot of expletives. Um, let's go. <laughs> but the last thing I watched that I had a strong opinion of was last week. I saw Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Let's go. What'd you think of it? <laughs> so I have a lot of feelings about the movie itself. And I'm still having some discernment and like cutting through for my own personal uh, viewpoint. I think that Marvel films, the MCU specifically, they either have really great sequels or really terrible sequels. There's mm -hmm. not really a good in-between. They just kind of function that way and uh i had reservations about the film going into the film i think anybody would especially considering how good and well received black panther one was yeah, um, it was like a whole I, cultural phenomenon you know like, exactly it was it was a shift it, it 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 brought a weird legitimacy to comic book films that i felt was so solely pushed by black america because before black panther there were a grip of movies that were based off of comic books or graphic novels that i felt were superior films films that should have been in the echelon or should have been considered for you know um awards and things of that nature namely the, the two that i always fall back on dark knight obviously and mm -hmm. a history of violence those history of violence is based off a graphic novel and a it lot of is. people a lot I'm of people happy, don't pick up on that i'm happy you know that i was gonna yeah i'm happy you know that <laughs> those two i just feel like really showed what can what can be translated onto screen so when black panther came out and you know it ended up getting nominated and things of that nature it's like that's cool because black panther is a really good movie but it's no history of violence. It's no dark night. Like, I feel like the cultural impact that it had made people have to take a stronger attention to comic book films. So going into this movie, I was like, man, there's so much that's on the line and 
there's so many pitfalls that they could have. And then you obviously have to navigate uh, the Chadwick tragedy. There's just, there's just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they did a good job. I feel like the movie was a little unwieldy at times. Uh, a little bit. Just a little, a little bit. Um, And I wish in my own selfish nature that maybe it wasn't so much of a comic book movie. I would have liked more leaning into the drama because I feel like all the dramatic beats were the best part portions of the film. Like, obviously, but like head and shoulders above the action sequences, uh, above the comedy, like the actual character arcs. Um, the thing that I that stands out for me, the the moment that like broke me in the film was spoilers. Yeah, Obviously. this is gonna, <laughs> this is coming. This is gonna come out like in like not even. It's gonna it's gonna come out in like three weeks. So yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Y- y'all yeah, deserve this. Yeah, it's it's this is your fault. <laughs> um, uh, Queen Ramonda and Okoye when Okoye had lost Shuri, and then like she's like, I given up everything, and she was like, You given up everything. Bitch, <laughs> where was y'all when Killmonger took over? Exactly. Like yeah, she was like <laughs> she was stuck. And I was just like, this is great. This is fantastic. As a wrestling fan, I love callbacks. So it's just like for them to be like, yeah, I haven't forgot what you did in the last movie. I forgave you, but you fucked up again. And now that's your ass. Like, I need you out. And I love the fact that there was no resolution to that. The next time Okoye saw the queen, she was dead. She was so dead, th- yeah. There was no, like, hey, we, we can, you know, rehash this. Like, no, like, actions have consequences. And, like, that was heavy to me because a lot of these times in comic book films, there's these, like, tragic arcs where there's a redemption where, like, somebody can have that last conversation I'm looking at you, Thor, Love and Thunder. Like I'm like it, these moments of like, okay, I'm gonna connect with these people. Like, no, sometimes you don't get to connect with people. Sometimes yeah. they just die, you know. Um, and I thought that those beats were played very well. Um, I do think it was kind of dumb that they tried to fight uh, the Talisman. Oh, I'm gonna butcher the name that they oh, tried Talakan. to fight the Talakan in the water. I'm like, y'all niggas is dumb. This is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna rock with it, whatever, fine. But, like, this is pure insanity. Like, I, I, I'm... What? Like, yeah. that's crazy. Because, like, like at least... Because, like, at least... Sorry to cut you off. At least, um... At least Ironheart and the Midnight Angels had suits, you know? Like, they can, they can do their thing in the water. That's cool. But everybody else, like... Why? Why even bother? You know, like the, the the fight's over as soon as you step foot in the water. Like you're done. It's over. It's over. And then like they were like, we're not even going to get to that part. We're just going to. We're going to dismantle your ship. And then y'all just going to sit and wait and die like that's crazy. Um, yeah. I I do like the fact that. Shuri saw Killmonger in the ancestral room like that was perfect because like she lost everything she was down to this point of rage and revenge and it's just like of course you're going to see your cousin 
who yeah. also lost everything. Like it was perfect. Like that was that was a perfect swerve. Um I just think the movie was a little messy from time to time, but there wasn't anything of of I guess ill repute. It was by far the best phase four film um that we got. Um, I think so. Yeah. What else was in Phase Four? Because it was a uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness, which I enjoyed. A lot of people didn't. I liked it. I enjoyed um, not, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. N- yeah. N- not as much as this, but like I still really enjoyed it. Um. Yeah. What? Uh, um. I can't think of what else. But no, nah, I um. Yeah, I enjoyed Multiverse of Madness. I liked the uh, horror elements. I wish that they would have leaned more into that. I wish we got more horror because. Yeah, me too. When. It, when that shit was kicking off, I was like, the the um the Wanda sequence where she murders the Illuminati is probably like a top ten moment for me in like all MCU movies. Like yeah. that was just fantastic. Um, but it you know it, it had its quirks and it's whatever. I can see how it would miss with some people. Um, Love and Thunder, I wasn't a big fan of. It was serviceable. Um, yeah, I like it. I like I, I I like Love and Thunder less the more I think about it. I only saw it once, but I like I it. Feel. I I like it less. <laughs> it's still good. I just I just like it less than I did the, the, the than I did the first time. Yeah, it was crazy because like I I left the theater and I was like, oh that was that was fun, and then I would talk to people about it and I was like, oh that was stupid, and I would talk a little bit more and I'm like. Did I really like this movie or have I like gaslit myself into liking this movie because I want to say that I like it? I want to watch it again because um I saw um because um, I seen uh Wakanda Forever twice because the first time I saw it I was um I screened it because I reviewed the soundtrack for mm. Pitchfork um and I took my dad yeah thank you I took <laughs> I took I, I took my dad and my sister to see it the second time um because they were both really excited about it and uh. Like the second time I saw Black Panther, I was like, yeah, this is like it's not as good as the first one because that was never going to happen because it's the first. I don't know. The first Black Panther to me is the best MCU movie that isn't the first Guardians. Those are my two favorites. Those have always been my two favorites. But um, I think like considering everything that they needed, like you said, it's just so much that you got to, you know, like even forgetting Chadwick passing away like there's just so much there's so much ground to cover and they yeah. may and they and, and they make wakanda forever like an ensemble piece in a way that the first one kind of wasn't because like because right. like because like you think about it shuri shuri's kind of the main focus because you, you, you know she kind of has like the main arc in, in 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 a sense but like the movie is as much about ramonda until she dies as it is about Shuri. It's as much mm-hmm. about Riri as it is about Shuri. It's as much even about Okoye mm-hmm. as it is about Shuri. And you know? Namor. Like Namor was a and Namor, he- yeah. heavy presence. Namor was a heavy presence. And it's like, I love the fact, one, one criticism that I think a lot of people launched at Killmonger was the fact that people were like, okay, he's a sympathetic villain. And he's doing heinous shit from like Jump Street, right? Right. Whereas what Ryan did with Namor was such was so much more clever because he gave you somebody that was charismatic and 
slightly threatening and good looking and you know soft spoken and well spoken and all these you know you he, when you went to the flashback sequence you could saw that he was capable of violence obviously when he took out the helicopter at the beginning of the at the beginning of his arc you know he's mm-hmm. capable of violence but you never really see him do something that is heinous you know he doesn't do anything that makes you go he doesn't huh. smoke his girlfriend exactly. like like a, a killmonger did you know <laughs> like, killmonger did that shit in the first what 40 minutes like it wasn't yeah. even like an hour where you know and then when he doesn't get his way and where he's like okay and then he was duped he was like okay bet and then proceeds to just wreck shit and it's just like it always kind of feels like he has a point just as much as the wakandans have a point and i think that was really well played um because there isn't a lot of villains that get that depth um even somebody like Thanos in the MCU, like you're seeing all these problems fall out after everything that would happened with Infinity War and Endgame. But there's a lot yeah. of like, oh man, like what if Thanos was right type situations that have occurred after the fact that kind of give his still heinous idea credence. But he didn't really have that leading up to it. He just so happened to pull it off, you know? Yeah. Um, Namor was such a well-written and and well-thought-out character for sure uh right even the even though my like like i love all of that about him especially considering that he's kind of like an evolution of what happened with killmonger like you were saying and like the one thing that got me is like he's mad he's mad at t'challa for making it hot for talokan because now the whole world is looking for vibranium right like i get that and i understand why he feels that way but they didn't know you existed bro you know like t'challa had no idea talo khan existed wakanda like 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 like, like ramonda said it herself they did they're still grappling with the fact that other people who aren't wakanda have vibranium you know so like you know, like I understand why you're mad at them because like you need to protect your people, but like you can't be that mad at them. Like it's you know, like it's not like they knew when they were like, oh well, you're just gonna have to deal with it. But like, but but they but they still did a really great job of making him um very sympathetic. And also the reason that he is so sympathetic, um, I forget who somebody was talking about it on Twitter, but I was thinking about it myself while watching it, was like the CIA and the US government in the first movie was made to look a little more sympathetic and even kind of heroic in a lot of contexts. Like just mm-hmm. considering what considering what um Ross uh, Martin Freeman's character was doing and how he helped and kind of helped save the day in the way. They um I think they took those criticisms to heart because Ross kind of he doesn't like officially defect but like he's the he's the person that we know we can trust in that camp. And he immediately turns his back on the CIA in order to help the Wakandans figure out what the government's going to do with them. And think, and, and, and you know, it's like, and, and, and like you look at the, um, you look at the scene at the UN with them being like, "Oh, y'all are being selfish. We want your vibranium." And like the language that they're using, and just like you're be, you know, like we want vibranium. Like, oh, like y'all have it and we don't. And then Ramonda brings in all the people who tried to steal it, and she's like, "This is what happens if we give y'all vibranium." And then later on. When um Ross and Defontaine, uh Julia Louis Dreyfus, they're uh talking to the government, 
what was the word they used? Destabilize. They want to yeah, destabilize, destabilize Wakanda. You know, mm -hmm. like so. So, like at that point, Ross is already off on his own, more or less. Like he's still yeah. a part of the thing, but he's like off on his own. So, like we understand, but he's like not really with them in this regard. And and it's and it's just like because because they made that because they put that emphasis on how the government wants to once again destabilize Wakanda, like like that paints them in a much starker and more villainous light and obvious and, and you know like to me that makes them like the real villains of the movie as opposed Absolutely. to like you know you know you know like you know like um uh namor showing up and seeing his people get enslaved and being like all right fuck the surface world like i we can all relate to that like that right. shit sucks but but seeing the cia acting the way they act just emphasizes that even more and it shows that even though like within the direct confines of the plot like he's a threat and we don't want wakanda to go away you know but like it just it just shows that it just shows that he's that him and his mentality are more a symptom of what the government's done and what all these people have done throughout history, of course, yeah. and like that makes it, and, and and like that makes it hit even more than it would otherwise. You yeah. know, like it's not, it's not just, it's not just like, it's not just like, hey, I'm, hey, I'm a zealot who wants to destroy the world. It's like, hey, I'm a zealot who wants to destroy the world because my people are gonna die, and the U.S. government and all governments everywhere and all white people have some sort of bullshit going on and i just appreciated how those two things dubbed because like and like it's so subtle i didn't even notice it until after i was done and i was thinking like hey wait a second they really did kind of tweak our relationship to the because be, be, because because another thing about a lot of mcu movies is that they're kind of they're pro-military propaganda and this one still kind of is but not in the same way it's very much denouncing what's going on with the military with the u.s military specifically mm -hmm. and it was cool to mm -hmm. see them kind of take that turn and help make a, and help really emphasize like namor's whole character arc and just the fact that you know like bro is in green swim trunks and he has he has like fairy wings on his legs like it's so silly but like he's tough and he's just like, don't <laughs> fuck with me. And he makes it work, you know, like just, yeah, yeah just everything they did with that was really fantastic to me. Like they really pulled that off. They really did. I, um, I, I liken Black Panther. I definitely probably put it in. I might put it in my top five uh, MCU movies, but I have to kind of sit and think about it for a while. But I definitely liken Black Panther to, uh, to tame impala i personally feel that in the last you know 10 15 years current is one of the perfect albums that have came out i, I don't think that kevin parker could have made a better album than currents and the next album that was going to come after currents I just I don't believe that it ever would have been better than Currents. Like you know, like when they talk about oh, how totally. you know, like a team wins a Super Bowl, it's hard for them to win the Super Bowl the next year. Like it's just you you, you just it it's it's just difficult. It's hard, but I feel like the slow rush was the best possible thing that he could have made. It's not better than Currents, and it was never going to be better than Currents. 
but it's as good as it possibly could have been and we're happy for it and because of that it has right. a much higher standard or like like i don't think that there was a way to have made black panther wakanda forever especially with the circumstances with chadwick i don't think there was a way to have made a a, a better film than what we got and I, i'm thankful for it like they cooler has a damn near uh, uh, perfect track record at this point like yeah I, yeah i don't think he's made it he, he, he he's only made like four or five movies his that's the thing like he has fruitvale station he fruitvale has the station. first two creed movies and the yep. two black panther movies and that's basically it that's like, crazy that's wild you that's know wild. Like, and i'm personally and you know we can agree to disagree but i personally feel like creed 2 was better than creed 1 for me, in either way, it's like if your worst movie is Creed or Creed Two, <laughs> that's wild. That's yeah. nuts. See, I um numbers. Yeah, I um I don't remember if I saw Creed Two. Like, like, like I might have. I definitely seen Creed One, and I liked it a lot. But I don't remember if I saw the second one. Like I, I can't. I, I I remember nothing about it. I don't doubt that it's great, and I'm sure it is. Like I'm uh, like I I kind of want to watch it now that the third one's coming out next year. Yeah. But um, I, I just can't remember really, if I saw it. I really liked it because, in in that regard, with Creed one, like you know, he was dealing with the 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 pressure of being Apollo Creed's son, and then you know he was yeah. trying to like get along with rocky and you know he's talking to tessa thompson's character but like life is more so like a breeze for him in a way like these are all things that are like tough challenges but it's like it's life and the movie was well acted it was well well um paced the direction was fantastic whatever creed 2 with the stakes with rocky's health and him and Tessa Thompson actually being a thing and him trying to really truly live up to name and not be a, a, a one hit wonder and all that the stakes just felt so much more immense and there was a lot more tension and they knocked it out the park so for me I was like this was an infinitely more enjoyable experience um and I tend to have a lot of love for sequels I've realized this throughout the years a lot of my favorite movies that are like within series tends to be the second one. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is. Um, I think about John Wick two. I can watch John Wick two anytime. Incredible, incredible film, incredible film. Um, I, I think my personal favorite action movie of all time, The Raid two. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Talk about it. Perfect. Incredible. I I don't it, like. I. I feel like man like you guys put in you guys gave me a, a undercover espionage film you gave me a hand-to-hand martial arts film you gave me high action jackie chan level stunt magic film like the the car chase scene is impeccable uh the the boss fights at the ends like the the three levels like it's so mm, like yeah, and it's crazy for me because I always like look at the raid and the raid two as two separate entities because I feel like the raid is a horror film. Hmm. 
hmm, why? Why do you feel like the Rays are hard? I've never heard or even thought of that before. All right. So a lot of times when we're thinking about genres and we're thinking about uh, even like period pieces or anything like that, there's certain elements that make things stick, right? Um, Particular camera angles that you would see in one film, you wouldn't see in another film. Like I think about a lot of the times uh, dramas got a lot of skewed camera angles. A lot of that was popularized by Spike Lee in the early 90s. So like yeah. when somebody was talking crazy, you get the upward angle, you know, or like, you know, somebody's in a position of power, you get straightforward, you know, these particular things, right? Horror films have the same way, um, whether it's sound cues, uh, spikes in the soundtrack, uh, the lack of particular sound, um, how things are perceived, where they're perceived from, you know, um, there's a scene in the raid where uh, main character and homeboy who got that was hurt, they're hiding in the wall, right? And if it was a standard action flick, that scene could have just been showing the guy with the machete stabbing the wall and it would be like very frantic, very quick, overdone, whatever, they're not there. But they showed it from the protagonist's viewpoint and it showed them waiting and the suspense of the machete coming in and the machete going out and the machete like kind of cutting it and then like holding the blood so it doesn't come out. All that is horror. Yeah. That was a horrific situation. Um, When Homeboy was with the machete, was going through the bathroom, stabbing people. It's horrific. The idea of being stuck in this hotel, the lights going off, them being slaughtered, like the, like, that's all zombie movie etiquette where we're like we're going to introduce a whole bunch of people at once and then we're going to kill a whole bunch of people at once and now we're going to kill the rest of these people one by one by one like that's something that you would see in 28 days later or a land of the dead or whatever the case may be there's so many horror beats in that film and granted you know with the drama of the brothers finding each other and the fight scenes and all that it's still an action film but i definitely feel like gareth took a lot of horror inspiration and splash it in the movie if you ask him like right what's his favorite movies i'm sure he's gonna say like the fucking thing or something like that yeah the you thing know? halloween um, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if 28 days later showed up in there and just like you could just even take that like just the way that he put that movie together and just like seeing the way they would shoot scenes and like how they got their shots like I can't think of anybody who gets like that in depth of the movie like that. And I saw he made something close to a horror movie. Um, I just watched it like a month ago for Halloween. Um, oh, why can't I remember what it's called? Hang on. I um, um, I got it. I got it on my letterbox. Hang on. I'll find it. But like, but yeah, yeah. But like Gareth Evans has made a horror movie before, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he pulled more from horror just like in general. Then it um it's called Apostle. It's from 2018. Um, hmm. I can't remember exactly who's in it right now, but like he made a horror movie that's not like there's like action beats in it, but it's very much like a period piece, like slow burning type of horror movie. So hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if that was all in there. And you know, like just like the idea of somebody beating the shit out of people with like chrome claw hammers is also pretty terrifying and just like and just like that that and like that whole fight scene in the kitchen is one of the most brutal things i've ever seen in a movie and it's just like 
this shit is so hard and just like so terrifying. Like <laughs> somebody's got to eat in there after yeah. that's done, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, crazy. it's just crazy. I, I, I have campaigned that movie to anybody who will listen. And I'm just like, nah, if you, if, if, if you ask me what I think the greatest action film is of our time while, while I've been alive, it's the fucking grade two. Like there's just it is it's, it's it does what it needs to do. And granted, there's obviously other fantastic action films that could be quote unquote better films um that service whatever that you're looking for. If you're if you really want like, you know, a spy movie, then it's Skyfall, you know. Um <laughs> it's like really can't beat Skyfall. Um and if you want to, you know, think a little bit less, you know, you have the John Wick series um, and whatnot, but it's hard to beat the raid too, man. Yeah, really man. Hard. Like pound for pound is like a pure action movie. It's really hard to beat that. You know, like Penchak Salat is just such a intense martial art that it's anybody who can put it up on the screen well is going to crush it. And they did, you know, like I love the raid too. Um, Damn, we really just, we... We covered so much. I feel like there's other shit I wanted to say about Black Panther, but maybe it'll come back to my brain later. Um, I wanna, I want, I wanted, I wanted to ask you, um, what's the first movie experience you can remember having? Like, it could be at the theater, it could be at your cousin house, wherever. I think the first, first movie experience that I really remember having. Um, I'm gonna date myself a little bit, but I'm pretty sure as a child I watched. Burn Belly in the theaters. And I think that was the very first time I'd went to the movie theaters as a, as a child. I saw mm-hmm. Fern Belly. Um how'd you feel about it? It was cool. And you know what was weird? I saw Avatar as an adult and I was like, I'm having deja vu. Mm. This movie is Fern Gully. It's literally Fern Gully and Pocahontas splashed in. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, a little bit was... of Thundercats if you want. Just a tiny just, bit. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Yeah. Um, that was the first thing, and I, I don't know where my love for movies became. Actually, I know exactly the moment where I realized that I loved movies. I um. Yeah. I watched movies growing up. Obviously, we went to movie theaters a lot. My dad took me to the movies. I was like. Our, our our bonding thing um like i got movie like i'd go to movies with my dad he played music for me too like oldies and then my older brother would play like a lot of like the hip-hop stuff that i ended up growing up on and then like i play video games by myself like those are like my big things and then like my cousins introduced me to wrestling so like those are like i guess like the tenets of my nerdum right mm-hmm. um but i never really realized that movies were such a big deal for me until I was working at Hollywood Video, right? It was like for wow, people. Who, shout out to Hollywood Video. Shout out to bro. Hollywood Video. Um, I was working at Hollywood Video, and I remember renting No Country for Old Men, and I remember customers coming in and be like, "This movie's fucking terrible," and I was like, "All right, that's fine," and I didn't make time to watch it because I. I I didn't catch it in theaters or whatever. And eventually one night I'm like, I'm going to go home and watch this. So I went and plugged it in, watched it. And when the movie was done and it was like 
one o'clock in the morning um, when I wa- finished watching it. And I was like, that was amazing. And it, it, it clicked, right? Um, I I liken that moment to like the first time I heard OK Computer. It was like, it isn't just this that makes something good, right? Like, it's not just thriller. Thriller is not the only standard for what I think is good music. Because like, you know, that was an album that was played in my house a ton. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is the greatest album of all time. Nothing compares to fucking thriller but then it's like wait a minute this doesn't compare because it's not the same thing but it is also just as great huh and then you start diving and then you start looking for other things you start like like i started having like the the itch to find movies that were left of center and like i remember like that was a year i watched old boy and i was like this is fucking crazy what a great movie such a great movie um and i think that was the moment where i started to understand you know films were there's so much more to it than just like mission impossible 3 you know um so yeah that was my moment where I, i and then from then on i've always been i've been pretty uh pretty intent on my my movie watching and and making sure that I make time for it because it influences everything that I do from like making music or um even like how I want people to perceive the music itself and how things translate into music videos and all that um right. I recently did a, a a a video this year I've only released one music video this year we did a reenactment of American Psycho and YouTube didn't allow us to promote it because of the violence in there, but um, it is by far like the best video I think I've ever done. Like I'm so proud that I was able to like actually storyboard it and help direct it, and I you know got my acting chops in there and right. all that good stuff. So now, so now I gotta ask before we move on, why, 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 why was recreating American Psycho so important for that video? Like, what was it? What what was it about? Patrick Bateman and his whole story that was like I need to put this in a video all right so check it my original plan before um my life got really really hectic this year was um I wanted to make a collection of a collection of videos music videos that sent up or were horror films i wanted to do like just a collection of my music videos that had you know ties to horror films or films that i felt were horrific um because i look at the horror genre as not just like oh yeah it's a slasher oh yeah it's a demon or the devil like sometimes it's just being in a shitty situation so Mm. when i made zion the song and like i kept like listening to it i was like this this gives me like i was i had wrote the second verse about a sociopath like just about certain people that were around the scene that i was in that kind of had these sociopathic ways and the first thing i thought of was american cycle i was like man it'd be crazy if i if i did this as a music video and i started watching the movie and i was like 
the 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 ego and the narcissism and the, the just yeah this would be perfect so like i had it lined up to basically zion was going to be american psycho i have a song on my last project uh too much to rob called with appeal where mm-hmm. it was me and my homeboy uh jay brown so the that video was supposed to be screen because the main thing of scream is that there's always two killers so like yeah with that song being the only song where i had a feature it was like all right we were going to do this together and we were going to have this as a as a video um castaway which we actually are going to shoot uh this weekend um obviously was going to be about castaway which i think is a horror film that's terrifying i'm not trying to be stuck on no island and like just have my whole life just at a standstill so like right <laughs> not what were you gonna say no i was i was gonna say anything for no i was gonna keep um, rambling. i i'm not i'm 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 interested because like because like between you saying that you feel like uh between between you saying that you feel like the first raid is a horror film and that castaway is a horror film like do you feel like I mean, like outside of like the technical aspects you were talking about with like shot composition and like placement and all yeah. that stuff. Like, do you feel like do you feel like like do you feel like horror just kind of translates in a. Does a does does a movie taking place in an uncomfortable or awkward or tense situation automatically make something a horror film for you? Like, is that just kind of how that works? Um, I think sometimes people think about intent and because you think about the intent of something it skews the perspective perspective of said thing right but that doesn't mean that it can't be something else as well like right. there's only Definitely. two there's only two true uh genres you either have a comedy or you have a tragedy right this is one or the other like it's supposed to have something that that is uplifting or you're supposed to have something that is downward spiral right okay so yeah you might have this thing that is a movie and let's say it's a comedy right just because it's a comedy doesn't mean that it's not also a horror film like it can be both all right imagine this right um are are you uh like imagine you're watching a movie right and in the movie there's a woman who is married and they get divorced they don't think that the the husband is worth their salt this person could possibly be abusive this person could possibly be mentally ill she divorces she moves she takes the kids boop, 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 boop. they move away right okay the husband doesn't like that. The husband's like, no, I need to be by my children. I need to be in their life. I need to figure out a way to get back into their life. Um, she says I'm mentally ill. I'm not mentally ill. This person dresses up, assumes a new identity, and finds a way to be the children's babysitter and is watching the children unbeknownst to the wife. I I already know where you're going with this. You're funny. <laughs> Is that not terrifying? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I... <laughs> so, I mean, 
if nobody else picked up, well, no, I want you to, I want you to say what you're describing it because I know, but you, 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 you tell me what movie you're talking about, right? It's now. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, it's there Mrs. you go. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> if you took all the, if you took, <laughs> if you took all of the sound cues of Mrs. Doubtfire and removed them oh my and God, put sorry. in like horror strings, that movie would be terrifying. <sighs> A man dressed up as a woman to throw off the scent of his wife and is watching his children that she clearly doesn't want him to be around because he's clearly not a fit father because he's assuming a whole another identity. Bruh, it's a horror film. See, It's also a comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, because it's like lighthearted and they try to make it cute. And, you know, that is that is a really terrifying scenario get, that gets played for comedy, you know, like because it, it's it's, um you know, like I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't ask that because I like disagreed with your anything. Mm-hmm. I was I, I was more just playing devil's advocate to get you to explain mm-hmm. like, you know, like that's just like a perfect like that really comes down to exactly what you said about just like it's all about perspective and it's all about it's all about presentation because exactly. like you could even you could even take a look at something like uh man i can't think of an example off top right now but like hmm it's just um, like yeah or like you you know you can look at like um uh uh i know what you did last summer right i know mm-hmm. what you did last summer is a horror film it's a horror film, right? But let's be honest. The victims of the film are bad people. They yeah. ran somebody over. They killed them. They disposed of the body. They said they're never going to talk about it again. What's not to say that that's just not a revenge film? The killer was in, totally in the right to be like, oh, no, I was I, I was brought back to life by mysterious mm-hmm. circumstances. All right, I'm going to kill these people. Like, yeah. they're... There's no, and we 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 play up the I guess the the sympathy bit for these people because they give us fifteen minutes to lash onto these characters. These are the characters that we show. But mm-hmm. is if we were to if you were to give me fifteen minutes before that of backstory of this guy who's a fisherman who's a, a great family man taking care of his kids, da 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 da. This that and the third. He goes out to work. He's coming home late from work one night and gets ran over. Like then it's just like, oh no, we're gonna cheer for the killer because he was brought back to life. Facts. It's just perspective. It's how you how you frame the lens. Like all these movies have these uh ultimately, like, yeah, you could be a tragedy or you could be a comedy. But then once you set the tone for that, like everything falls into place however you want to play it. Like the Batman, I feel like the batman and everything everywhere all at once those are the two best movies i've saw i've seen this year and the great thing about those movies is that they are a whole amalgamation of different things literally the first hour of the batman is a horror film you have this man stalking murdering kidnapping people it's 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 so tense i was just about to say all this i'm happy you're doing it yeah (laughs) and then the second hour of the film is Batman getting into his bag is a detective film. It's a mystery. Who is this person? Why are they doing these things? How can we make them stop? Oh shit, my daddy's a part of this? 
wow, that's crazy. And then you go into an hour of pure adrenaline action. And then on top of that, on top of that, it shows because because like it's year two Batman. So he's like still right. inexperienced. He doesn't 100 percent know what he's doing. He's just now coming to term. He's just, he's just now coming to grips with the fact that he like benefits from white privilege. Like they like straight up tell him like you benefit from white privilege, Batman. Like <laughs> yeah. the, like it couldn't be more direct. And, you know, like the whole. Like the craziest part of the movie to me is, you, you know, like, of course, the famous part from the trailer is when he beats dude up and he says, I'm vengeance. Right. Then at the end, when the Riddler, when the Riddler army is attacking what's basically Madison Square Garden. Fun fact, I saw that movie around the corner from Madison Square Garden. So when the garden gets flooded, I'm like, shit, I'm like 200 <laughs> feet away from Madison Square Garden. But because it's like an AMC there. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. But um, Trauma. but yeah. So yeah. So like. So, yeah, so like remember, Batman's fighting all of them and the cops managed to get a hold of one of the guys and they ask him who he is. He yeah. looks up at Batman and says, I'm vengeance. And that's just like, like, I think he has a I like I really wish the movie would have sat more with that because like it shows it. But like Batman, but like in under any other circumstances, he might have been like, oh, I did all this wrong. I shouldn't be Batman anymore. Like, look at what it's doing to people. Like, I'm right. inspiring people to do the wrong shit. I'm, 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 ge- I'm getting away from your point though. I'm no, getting no, away it's from fine. Your point. No, like, I, no, I love the analysis because I don't get to talk about, I don't get to talk about the brilliance of the Batman with people on a regular basis. Like, y'all don't understand. This is coming from Matt Reeves, who who gave us the greatest trilogy of all time. Like the the ape saga he gave us is flawless like he, I did, he he did all three of those uh-huh i thought did didn't thought didn't somebody didn't somebody else do rise or or um or what was the first one i feel like he did all three i could be wrong because because he definitely did the last two but i don't remember if he did the first one he might he, he might have done the first one but those but yeah those three apes movies yeah rise dawn and uh what was the third one called it was rise oh, yeah. dawn and he only gave us this, the he only gave us the, the last two so I well, you I stand corrected. Let's see who did the first one though. Yeah, because I don't remember. One, uh, Rise was done by da, 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 da. Rupert Wyatt. Right. Okay. I don't wow. remember what else he's done. Yeah, he hasn't done a lot, but uh, he doesn't miss because he did uh, the Gambler and he did um the Escapist. Crazy. Both both yeah. both both great movies. But Matt Reeves don't miss. That, that's really the that's the T. Uh, Matt Reeves just right. doesn't miss. So it's just like, nah, bro. Like <coughs> all these things operate within a three hour runtime, or like with everything everywhere all at once. It's like you have a sci fi film, you have a family drama, you have the the uh, the two like intertwining love stories um, of Joy and her girlfriend, and what it means in their family, along with what you know um, Michelle's going through, and like all these lifetimes of where like the love worked, the love didn't work. Like there's so much, it's so much more than just, okay, this is a drama. Um, right. Uh, I think about probably the best movie I think I've ever seen in my life. Parasite. Like what that uh... was, that was such a sucker punch of just, Whoa. Like I didn't realize that we could go from like black comedy to like, social commentary to straight up horror in the last 
15 minutes like yeah nuts what an incredible fucking movie bro like like that movie is so good i saw it and i knew i thought to myself like either people are really gonna latch on and and, and and i don't mean people like us who are like really tapped in i mean like casual viewers i was like i think like if people give this a chance and get past the fact that it's not in english like people are really gonna love this movie i showed it to my partner who's like i mean like my partner likes all different kinds of movies but she kind of sometimes isn't always in the mood to read subtitles a lot of people aren't you know it's it, right. it, it is what it is but like I, I i was like no you're watching parasite i promise you you're gonna love this we made it about 45 minutes in and we're just like wow like this is incredible you know like and just like people people i know who would never give something like this the time of day are watching it and are just yeah. like this is amazing you know like i can't remember the last time a movie got such awards buzz and one best picture that everybody saw and everybody loved like it yeah. really like like and, and like and it's because of that blend of genres you're talking about like it really yeah. just like 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 park chung wook is just such an like he's bit he's been firing on all cylinders for like 15 years bro the right. monster is one of my favorite or, or excuse me the host is the one host, of my yeah. favorite movies ever made like this shit is immaculate so like to see him to see him kind of get to that point where he made something that's so confident and so well put to like there's there's nothing wrong with parasite like no. le, 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 like it's it might be flawless and like it, i don't say that about everything it's fucking flawless yeah you know no, i i i as far as like because my favorite movie of all time is get out i wrote about it in college i've i've, I've watched it a million times over like, fantastic the, movie yeah, fantastic movie like I, I think about like my my creature comfort films that i really enjoy the uh i would say like get out uh black swan um yeah annihilation yeah fucking love annihilation also one of those blended movies like okay this is a sci-fi okay actually no it's like a, a romance tragedy oh wait no there's a fucking bear <laughs> this is now very 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 scary um and then like plant monsters kind of sort of not really yeah like... <laughs> and then like there's this weird techno sequence where they go and they like yeah, it's crazy it's wild um yeah. but it's just like there's movies that i really can't a hundred percent even though like i love them i know that i can't a hundred percent argue for somebody to be like no this is like required watching you know like I think Get Out might be the most palatable of the of my personal favorites because, like, let's be honest. Even though the Raid Two is incredible, there's a lot of blood in that movie. Not everybody's gonna want to sit for that, um, right? You know, it's just it just kind of is what it is, and it's like it's also not like a justifiable amount. So, um, or I like <laughs> Upgrade. Not a lot of people watch that movie, but like. That movie's really brutal. There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on. Dude gets his whole face shot off. But um Parasite Also really I, good, yeah. Also very good though. Um Parasite is a movie that I feel is flawless. Um I feel like uh Euro Lafinos's um The Favorite is flawless. Um okay. and the th thing is, is that I'm a big fan of him. Um I've I've seen Dog Tooth, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um the lobster but all those movies have that weird quirkiness to it and it's the way that they speak and inflections and all that it's kind of odd 
if you're not expecting it. So that might turn people off. But because the favorite is a period piece, it's like, oh, that's to be expected. So like, I feel like it's so much easier to accept as a as a viewer. So it's just like the the best like just intrigue of like, okay, these people are really trying to play each other. And this person knows that. And this person knows that. This person doesn't know that person knows that. And just like, okay, how can I fuck this person over the best? Like, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great. Um, I can't say there's too many other movies that I would say. Oh, no. Moonlight. Moonlight's Flawless. Incredible. Yes, yeah, such a good movie, man. I bawled when I saw that. Um, I just there's just so many good emotions um yeah i don't yeah that was a an a tier uh film experience and i remember when i went there was like six of us in the theater so like i lived it was so it was so intimate like i can only imagine you know like and like moonlight is flawless to me because like Moonlight, Moonlight's flawless to me just because of the fucking chopped and screwed remix of Classic Man. <laughs> like that, like like that makes it flawless alone. But you know, just like the obviously, like the story, the acting, just like the the parallels between characters, just the just the really beautifully sketched out and very tragic love story. Just like yeah, I don't know, man. Like I I just that shit really touched my heart in so many ways like that's yeah. one that I'll, I'll never forget where i was the first time i saw that like it was yeah, really special shout out to a24 man like i need them to like give me a deal so i can um shoot a movie i have an idea that's so fantastic that i will not be saying on stream but right <laughs> but it's just like <laughs> holla at me I'll, I'll write the whole screenplay um you, you I, gotta you gotta you gotta sign up for their fan club you gotta do that like the yeah the little like five dollar a month shit i keep on meaning to do that i gotta do that i gotta do that i've seen quite a bit um i have my own personal favorites which are always kind of weird especially like you know like sometimes you'll talk to a24 fans and you'll be like oh yeah like you know like have you seen the witch and you're like of course i've seen the witch have you seen free fire and they're like what (laughs) like this movie is great like it's like it's just fantastic. It's not even a who done it. It's like a why'd you do that for like an hour and thirty minutes. It's fantastic. Right. Which goes back to Black Panther, which has the whole, you know, like what where you know like where you're like how, um what's it called? Um how isn't as poor it, how isn't as important, important as, why, as why, you know? That's like, the hardest line. And it's yeah. it's stuck with me. And it's like, you know, you watch movies and you have characters who it really it really doesn't matter how something is done. It's just like why did you do that? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah it all depends because like sometimes sometimes the how is more if not important than at least interesting than the why but that's what makes a good movie you know like when you can when you can really either like when you can really get someone to fully tap in with the universe that you're trying to build or like throw someone off to the point that them realizing what's going on makes it hit different you know like that's that's great filmmaking to me that's always what's been great filmmaking to me. And that can mean anything, you know, like I can mean like linear narratives, unreliable narrator type shit. It could just mean like any sort of thing, you know, like that's a, um, that's a big reason. Um, we do need to talk about music at some point. We've been talking to this, this, this has been so incredible. I just realized how much time passed, but like, that's what I, cause like I was, um, I saw smile 
and I mm. I wish I liked it more. I mm. loved the first seventy five percent, like up until up until Shorty goes into the into the house and deals mm. with her literal demon, because like I love the way that they play with the unreliable narrator aspect of her story, just like her going through this psychosis and not knowing what's real and what's not, and that kind of being hoisted on us as viewers. You know, like it's basically just like a really fancy window dressing for a bunch of jump scares. But it but mm. but 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 it works every time. You know, yeah. like it works every single time up until the end where it's just like, oh, she's literally fighting her demon. And then it gets like a little too obvious. And it's like, OK, maybe 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 it's a little too on the nose. It's almost like you're lampshading it at this point. But yeah. you're like not. But like the first 75 percent of that of, of that movie is so great to me because because it's really easy to buy into the world that they're creating. Like I right. got so caught up. I got so caught up in the visions that I didn't realize there were visions until I was supposed to. And right, right. because, and, and you're like, it's, it's hard to get me on that type of shit. And it got me. And I was like, you know, it, it's like, I can't front, like you got me, you know, like, so you did a good job. You, you did thing, what though. you needed to do. <laughs> this is the thing. I've all, I've always, I've always kind of sat with the idea of, and there's not it, it's not always the case there are certain um movies that work without this um one that i would bring the to the topic as far as horror is concerned is like alien or jaws where like these movies had classical endings where the the protagonist triumphs over the evil you know the xenomorph or you know jaws itself but a lot of the times with horror films in my personal viewpoint not that it doesn't matter but the movie really depends on the ending and for like pure horror films i truly feel that like sometimes you can watch like a comic book movie and the ending might not necessarily stick the landing like let's be honest the dark knight doesn't really have a good ending like not harvey really. did it, it's not really a good ending but the movie itself is so tremendous that a lot of people, including myself, overlook it. Matter of fact, if we're really looking at the Dark Knight trilogy, none of those movies have great endings. And two out of three of them are kind of overrated. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I saw Batman Begins recently. It's not that great. And it's The Dark right. Knight Rises, not that great. <laughs> they're, 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 serviceable. they're serviceable. As years have gone by, like those movies have just the dark knight is great for a reason and it's it's there i think it's going to be right. on the the rushmore until the cows come home but it'll it'll definitely stand the test of time for sure yeah dark like, knight's and, great and nolan does that every three movies so it's fine like it totally makes sense it's like you know it's just like okay i'm gonna give you guys some movies that are really good technically but they're not the greatest all right dark knight here you go all right inception here you go okay now i'm going back to just just chilling for a little bit um mm -hmm. but I look at like some horror films that were like, like Saw. Saw is not that great of a movie, but the ending sticks it, and it, it it's now legendary. I, I look at you know Upgrade. I really liked Upgrade, but the best thing about that movie is the ending, where it's just like, oh shit, like they really did that. You 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 wrote yourself into a corner, and then the corner was never there like that's fantastic <laughs> um i look at a movie like possessor which i feel was unwieldy very heavy-handed 
It was uh, it was graphic to be graphic, but then it gave us a shocker ending. And when you go back and rewatch it, the ending was in your face the whole entire movie, where it's like, yeah. this director doesn't want her to go back to her husband. She's going to put her on this impossible mission so that she can get this woman to kill her family. What? <laughs> like, but these are... You could say the same thing about the first Saw, because I love the first Saw. Like, you, you, know, you know, like, think about it. Like, Jigsaw is in the middle of the room the whole fucking the time. time. And, and it makes like, the movie make sense. And it because, makes the movie make sense because on top of that, like, sorry to cut you off. Um, what's it called? Like, like he w- they were already doomed to fail because the key fell down the fucking the the fucking tub. Um, right. f- f- fell down on the tub pipe. Like, not even five minutes into the movie, so the whole thing, like his whole shit, was already cooked before <laughs> b- before they even realized what 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 was going on. You know, like. I I don't know, man. I I love the first saw. It's it's not flawless, but like really, really, really great movie to me. I have to go back and rewatch it. It has been some time. I I, I definitely will will give it that. I um, but I I look at a lot of horror films and it's just like okay, this really is better for the. It's a better film for the ending, you know. Um, like. I was a big Us fan. Um, it got a lot of flack that I don't think that it deserved. Is it Get Out? No. <laughs> it's not. But like that ending is A1. Like she wasn't who we thought she was. Yeah, no, nah, the ending was great. My my only real problem with Us was that uh I think I think they kind of explained themselves into a corner with how the tethered worked. If they did, if they didn't spend so much time being like, "Oh, the the government made them, and then they abandoned them," you know, like it, 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 like that, like if they didn't explain what how the tethered worked, I think it would have been as good as Get Out. But they spend a little too much time at the end trying to make it make sense, and 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 like they didn't have to make it make sense. It could have just been this like weird, ominous thing, but. That ending is so like like the ending completely caught me off guard because like once again like you can see in the ticks in her care like that's something that's in your it's in front of your face the whole time and it's 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 super obvious once you get the ending but it's like I really do think they spent too much time trying to make the mechanics of the thing make sense and you didn't they just didn't have to do that and it kind of draws back from a not necessarily the ending i just think i just think that little extra bit of filler made me think about the mechanics too much and then and then certain aspects just didn't make sense so so i'm spending more time thinking about like what's supposed to work about the tethered as opposed to oh she's been read the whole time yeah you know i think that sometimes with speculative fiction as compared to science fiction it's hard to define the line because it's like all right when you're dealing with a movie like the thing right it's like okay this is obviously so far into science fiction we don't have an explanation for it we don't have an explanation for a xenomorph we don't have an explanation for uh arrival why these aliens are now in nine specific spots in the world and they're speaking to us we don't have an explanation for annihilation like okay an asteroid hit boom it's there it's made all this shit all soul caliber like with the, the, the it's just crazy right right and i think sometimes when you're playing with speculative fiction 
where it's like we're operating like this is something that is it's obviously not possible but we're making it possible in today's world where it's okay like there is the fine line between get out and us where it's like do we explain not enough so it is just enough or do we try to explain enough so you don't question it and that's not always easy um right so i definitely get your point i don't know if i could fully fault the film for it though um it's like it's one of those things and but then in a way i feel like i can fault the film for it because nope i think did what you're thinking of where it's like they just give you enough information exactly exactly like, there's, there's, there's a okay this is a ufo all right we know it's a ufo for like the first hour and a half and it's like oh shit it's not a ufo it is a monster yeah you don't get enough yeah. time to sit there and think about okay is there another one where did it come from how long has it been here like right no nah, and that like, doesn't nah. matter you know like it doesn't matter you know and they just do so you, you know like i just think i just think like if you're gonna go that route you gotta make sure like your shit's gotta be air fucking tight you know like there can't be not that there can't be any holes but like it's got to be as airtight as possible like like if you're gonna explain it explain it in a way where things kind of sort like make more sense than they did in us like once again not really like it's not like it makes it a bad movie it just kind of you know like it stumbles a little bit mm, like right. more more than i feel like it more than i feel like it would have if that wasn't there you know yeah. i think i just i just i just think that he had a little less confidence in the idea of the tethered and felt like he needed to over explain to compensate for that and mm. i was like you didn't have to do that bro it you you were doing fine like the movie was working just fine without you needing to like beat us over the head with the with the hands across America thing. Like I get I get your point, you know, but it is what it is, you know. Still, still, still a good movie. Like I'd watch yeah. it again. Yeah, you know? it's like once again we go back to that conversation. If Us is your worst film, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, my man, my man is three for three. Honestly, like I love three. all three of his movies. Like yeah. no, nope, nope was great. Um, damn shit <laughs> this has been great so far but i just realized that we haven't even gotten to you and music yet <laughs> we've already we've, we've already been talking for like an hour and a half um shit so 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 now i'm curious um where so like where did uh when did music first come into your life because like you already kind of talked about how like how like your dad and your brother kind of introduced you to a lot of things and then like after like after that started happening, like when did you first start moving making. on, and, or, or or not even making just yet, but just like when did you start kind of like listening to music on your own and finding your own stuff and kind of building your was, own identity? I think I was like six, um, where like I was like, okay, I want a cassette player. Where I was like, yeah, um, and I remember like some of the very first things that I got on cassette it was a you know like I got Will Smith I got um like some TLC albums I got um a Monica joint like a Monica single I had like everything Michael Jackson did on cassette somewhere in this house uh most notably Thriller obviously Bad Dangerous um my favorite Michael Jackson song by the way which I think is Flawless in the closet 
Um, wow, that's a choice. Yeah, it's it's a choice. Um, <laughs> it's a good song. I, I don't think I don't think Teddy Riley was ever at his sharpest outside of uh, in the closet. Like it's just ridiculous. Um, but I remember I would just get those, and then like my dad would like let me borrow his little tapes from time to time, like for whatever he was listening to. And there's like a lot of music playing in the house always. So like I grew up hearing Barry White, Stylistics, Temptations, Dramatics, Four Tops, Delphonics, Marvin Gaye, just all that was always playing right. somewhere in the house. Um, and then my brother played a lot of DMX, No Limit, uh, Hove, a good amount of Nas. Um, he played mystical a ton for some crazy reason. Um, you know, oh. growing up in the South, like anything that No Limit or Cash Money did was like an instant cop. Um, anything right. that Outcast did, instant cop. And then like New York wise, it basically was like DMX only. Um, and just like Rough Rider shit. And then like by proxy, I got into like Hove off of like the first Rough Riders volume one. I didn't mm-hmm. listen to he made me listen to Nas and like really weird choice spots. But like, I remember not hearing Illmatic until like my teenage years and being like, oh, Same this here. is a, a culture shock because like, I didn't know people rapped like this. Cause I was right. used to like mystical yelling at me, um, <laughs> you know? So that was big. Um, I always wanted to rap uh, primarily. I think Outkast fueled a lot of that. I didn't take it serious until like high school and I was like a dipset kid. Um, and I was like super weird because like it was one of those things where obviously my brother only played a lot of Southern shit, but Lil Wayne was on a tear and Lil Wayne had his alliance with dipset. And by yeah. through that, a lot of dipset was played in the crib. And um, yeah that's when I really started to get into it and I was terrible I was a terrible rapper um everybody but, sucks when they start out bro yeah like. <laughs> but I was I was bad I um I had like a lot of like weird fundamental issues that I had to like overcome um and I remember I picked it up and then I stopped I, I joined like I was in a rock band for a little bit um in like my early 20s and then when that like failed one of my homies I went to school with was like, hey, bro, you should like try rapping again. Like, or like at least try producing because you know, like instruments and whatnot, and da 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 mm-hmm. da. And I, um, I had like a big homie that had like this trap that was like, he also had like a studio in there. So I would like go in there and just watch him like produce. And um, I eventually put like a cracked version of Reason on my, my um, computer and I started mm-hmm. producing. And then, like, next thing you know, my career started. Damn. And, like, I was, um, I mean, like, I spent a good, I spent a good amount of time listening to your shit. And I've already been listening to your shit. But, like, I really did, like, my deep dive for this. And the first project of yours I was able to find was um, the Black Tape from 2015. And first off, I love, I love the Black Flag homage. I think that's what that is, right? Because it looks so- just like the... <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of, like, all right, so, like, I guess the timeline was, like, 2000, and because my DSP kind of, like, fucked up the delivery of, like, some of the older stuff, so, like, right. when I started making music, like, it was, like, during the blog era days, so, like, we didn't have Apple Music or Spotify or anything like that, so what I would do is I had a Tumblr, and 
I would post regularly on the Tumblr, get people to follow, da 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 da, and then I'd post like the like a, like a picture, and then like there'd be music playing, and like that was like how I started like marketing my music with like with the group that I was in, and we put out a project, um, and then I produced my first project, which was called the Blue Tape, and it was just like blue flags, just like that, and it was like. It was an homage, one to Black Flag, but two to like jazz, and three to like in the Great Gatsby. They always talk about like Gatsby's blue lawn, like his lawn was so perfect. It was like so, like it was right, a combination right, right. of all those things. And let me tell you that that project was hot cross buns. It is ass. I was <laughs> rapping terribly. The mix was terrible. The beats were like. I, some of the beats were fire and all the beats that were fire were not beats that I made. Um, it was just bad. And, but it got a lot of traction in Tampa. So it really like pushed me to go forth with another one. So the, like, the next project I made was the red tape, which came out in 2013. And then we did, that was cool. But then starship Jericho, which I then rebranded to the purple tape because fuck Chris Jericho um mm -hmm. starship jericho and keel tv which is now rebranded as a black tape so i had the full color series those two came out like back to back and i really feel like that was me stepping into what i am currently like i feel like the rapping was on point my beat selection was on point the times i produced made sense I was starting to get the concepts down starting to really like just a, as a as a as an artist um like those were like that's when it started clicking for me um and a lot of people still say like those two albums are kind of like indicative of my best work i do think my newer stuff is better in certain aspects but i there's a i feel like there was a a crystallization moment that happened during those two years where like I just had a energy that I was able to tap into because I got it like, right. You know, they always talk about like, you know, filmmakers have to make the movies that they have to make in order to make the movies that they want to make. Yeah. One for you, like, one for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I definitely feel like those were the movies that those are the, the, the albums that I had to make to get any type of true respect. So then when I started doing weird shit or started to, you know expand the sounds or start to pull from other things like it wasn't questioned like i always can go back to those albums and be like i did this just shut the fuck up you know like yeah yeah um, yeah yeah man those are some dark days too i was on a lot of drugs <laughs> damn bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 no even even just listening to like the black tape like it, it like like i could tell you were going through something but like it's not it, it it's like I get I get the whole idea of like look back on your early shit and like damn it sucks but like people latched onto it for a reason and right. like pushed you and like and you know like that pushed you to make stuff like Rob and it pushed right. you to make stuff like this new project that just came out. I can't believe I'm blanking too much to Rob. There we go. Yeah. Um you know like it you know like it pushed you to those areas and it pushed you to fucking like play Rolling Loud and shit. Like yeah. <laughs> you know um I uh 
I am I am very curious about how Rob came together in particular because I remember um when Kai shout out to the lovely Kai Miller, the best. Yes. Um, the best. My A one day one. For real. Like, yeah, like she sent she sent me robbed and I listened to it and I was just like, whoa. Like the thing that really got me about what you do in general is that like you cover you cover so much ground and so many different topics in your music. Like you can flex when you want to. Um, you can tell a story, you're conceptual, um, you can be thoughtful, but like you're never just like you like there hasn't been a single one of your albums that I've heard where you've just been one type of artist in that way. And I really do feel like Robbed is kind of like a culmination of like it like it feels like every it feels like every project is like a GAT sampler to me, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, so yeah. like but like but like Robbed kind of felt like a it felt like a this is like the the shit you've been working toward type of thing. Yeah. So like, what was it like putting Rob together? And like, what do you kind of feel like it says about you? Um, because it's only been like a year since it dropped. But like, yeah. but like, how do you talk to me about Rob? Talk to me about um, Rob was a a series of accidents. Um, and shout out to Kai. Shout out to Taylor from Forward Thinkers. Shout out to Keith, um, my manager, uh, Plane Shift. Because without them and Scott, my um my right hand man, like as far as like making stuff, um, it would have never came out. Um my uh manager for like the majority of my career, Wilson, um, he's now uh working with live well, with RL and um that's like how deep the the RL connection goes because like I did Rolling Loud in 2015 when it's in its genesis, like in a warehouse in Wynwood that flooded, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I was there at the beginning. And then like, you know, um, between my illness and going on chemo and all that, that's like, I took a step back and having to come back and make music again. Um, Wait a minute. What happened there? You don't have to delve into it too much, but I don't oh, know what happened there. Yeah. All right. I'll explain. Um, And I don't mind explaining, uh, because like I don't really talk about it too too much and I feel like this is probably going to be one of the 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 bigger you know news things that kind of like have that comes in like my particular work cycle and uh, you know I, I feel like a lot of people want to listen to this and it's cool because that means I don't have to cover it later um but <laughs> basically a lot of people have asked like um how did you get onto Rolling Loud and during like 2014 2015 2016 there was there's this two-year period where i put out starship purple tape and i went on these run of shows right and dope ent was this promotional company here in florida that would book artists and they would do tours and a lot of the times there was artists that would do the opening for the shows right um, and there's like different artists in different areas. So like Wi-Fi's funeral, um, X, uh, Ski Mask, Danny, they were a lot of the guys that did a lot of the shows in the Miami areas. And then in Orlando, you had Sky, you had Danny, um, cause Danny yeah. would go back and forth, shout out Danny Towers, um, O-Town Marco, uh, 
those guys were in Orlando and like, you know, kind of that area. Um, when they would go to Jacksonville, Gainesville, uh, Dola, where, where the fuck are you, Dola, bro? Like, if you can find any of Dola's stuff on the internet, that nigga's nice. Um, Crazy. shout out to shout out to him. Um, he did a lot of those shows up there in Tampa. It was me. I was a, a lot of the times the Tampa guy. Um, and there was other people as well, but I was more so the constant. And then it kind of expanded into me doing like full on runs, doing the Miami, Tampa, Orlando show. So in like 2015, I went in 2015 to 2016. I went on tour with Rob Banks. I went on tour with Sir Mikey Rocks. Um, I did stops with Absol. I did stops with uh, Denzel Curry when he was starting to really bubble. Um, right. I did a tour with Mick Jenkins. Um, I remember that one. I yeah. wasn't there for it, but I remember the tour. Yeah. Um, and I did a lot of different things that really kind of like solidified where I was at. And then Rolling Loud happened. That was great. We had this festival in Tampa that they put on that was Takeoff Landing. That was headlined by Travis Scott. I was on that. Um, so there was a lot of good things going. I opened for Travis Scott here in Tampa during like his Al Faro days. So like he still owes me a verse because he told <laughs> me he was going to give me one. and He never did. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen. Well, I'm never going to say never. Um, right. But a lot of good things were going. I had a lot of momentum. And I remember I dropped this project, By Any Dreams, that had this mm -hmm. uh, joint on there that has Busy Crook and Sky on it that was produced by Black Metaphor called Dope that started to get traction. And I was like, this is it. I'm out of here. Like, the we're, we're going to the moon. Like, this is great. And I had quit my job, started working at this easier job, went to the doctors because I changed insurance. They made me do blood tests and they called me December 16th about a week or so before Christmas, you know, 10 days, nine days. And they were like, hey. And I was like, hey, what's up? They're like, hey, someone came back weird with your blood test. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, I thought it was going to be some stupid shit. Um, I go in there and they're like, yo, like, how come you didn't tell us that you had sickle cell? And I was like, I don't. And they're like, no, you do. And then they showed me this chart and they showed my blood and da 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 da. And I just like sat there and like awe. Like, you know, um, I didn't grow up as a child listening to Mob Deep, but as a teenager, I got into Mob super heavy. So like I had understood what the disease was because of Prodigy. And right. like I just sat there and I was like, I'm gonna die. Like, I just had this, like, crazy, like, just sitting feeling. And they're like, okay, we have all these things that we want to try to do. Da, 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 da. And then um, they put me on chemo. So, like, people ask me, like, why did, you know, Buy Any Dreams only have, like, one video? Because, like, I shot that video. And then I immediately went on chemo, like, a few weeks later. Um, I wasn't able to, I was supposed to open up for Isaiah Rashad on his tour in for the Florida Legs. That got kaput um i lost 40 pounds and i'm already a pretty small guy so like if you've never seen a video of mine or seen pictures or whatever i'm 6'1 and i'm 140 now but at that time i was like 130 so i was like 90 something pounds wow um basically had to like 
fight for my life um because the chemo didn't work the way it was supposed to it was supposed to like change the way that my body made hemoglobin but instead because i was so small it just stopped my hemoglobin production completely i internally bled um i almost died um ironically i was i went in the hospital the same day um what was it um June 19th, the day Prodigy died. I went in the hospital the same day. Wow. Um, I have a, I have a song called uh, On the Dead Homies where like I talk about me hanging with my brother and this one dude that wanted us to go like hit this lick with him. And my brother was like, nah, we're not going to do all that. Um, primarily because my brother had like particular street moral codes that he didn't like, that he always like abided by. And it was like the whole thing was about cocaine. I feel comfortable talking about the story. So it was just like, he's like, I'm not doing that. So like, I got, I felt very like unwell. I went to the hospital and like blacked out. They like pumped me full of blood for like four days that saved my life. And when I got out the hospital, my brother came by and visited me. And like the dude that was talking to us died the day I got out. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Um, so like I ended up putting out a project that year. It was terribly received. Like I lost my rap voice. Like I couldn't rap the way that I wanted to. I felt like shine. Um, and like, I had to like really like sit and think about what I wanted to do. Cause I felt like my career was over. And um, I talked to Wilson, shout out to my dog, Wilson. He was like, Hey bro, you're either in it or you're out of it. Like, and it's okay if you want to stop. Like, no one's ever going to tell you that it's, you know, that it's the wrong thing for you to stop. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, but if you want to do this shit, you got to do it. And you got to, like, not complain. And you can't be like, oh, it's because I have sickle cell or, oh, it's because I was on chemo. Like, you're just going to do it or you're not. Like, you've done all this stuff with all these obstacles and quite frankly, you've made it a lot farther than a lot of other people could ever imagine making it with no investor, with no like crazy drug money behind you. Like you just been doing whatever the fuck you wanted to do and you've gotten this far. So what are you going to do? And then he proceeded to sip a milkshake from burger 21. Like he just gave me this crazy monologue and then went back to eating his food. And I was like, wow. I, um, and a few weeks later, um, I ended up writing um, the hook of Nelly in my car. And like, I restarted my career, like from that moment. So like, shout out to Jordan Patrick. Um, I um, I remember I, I went over to his crib because I was trying to make music with people and people just weren't like connecting the dots. And he was like, bro, if you want to pull up the crib, we can pull up the crib. I pulled up to his crib, sat on his couch. And he was like, let me see your lyrics. And he like went through my phone and he was like, hey, like rap this to me. And it was the hook of Nelly. And I wrote it on his couch and I wrote the rest of the song in like 10 minutes. We recorded it and then we made an EP and then and like it was off to the races from then. So, wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say to that. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was my whole. So and then I guess like the second part of all that is like. So me and, and and Jordan started, you know, kicking it. We made the first EP that we did, which was Too Close to Rob. That did, like, pretty decent um, for, like, a true comeback. And then we did Too Close to Rob, which had Chatter, which is still, like, my highest performing song. 
um to date on Spotify, I think. Uh, and you know, we put out videos, put out videos with my guy Roberto, like we're starting to get traction. Um I put out Cardiac Coop with Chase the Money Veterans Day two years ago. And that caught fire. That started doing well. I started pushing that. Um, I did like my drop city radio drops, like at the beginning of 2020. Everything's going well, cool, calm, cool aesthetic. I get landed on South by Southwest for two shows. I get landed on Rolling Loud in Miami for the you know anniversary show. I get the smoke Dizza Gatsomania versus landed hey. all that all that's going and then um yeah my brother died and then mm -hmm. um two days later the world goes into lockdown right and everything is just just like that um and uh that was really rough that was a that was a rough year and i i kind of um Taylor came like into my life as a as a friend and he was like, hey man, I got this studio situation. Um why don't you uh come by and uh work on stuff? And I was like, I need an engineer, I need a I need he's like, hey, you're either gonna do it or you're not, but like I really think that you should go. And I was really just making excuses because I was depressed and I was like pretty like suicidal. And I um I was like, all right, whatever. So I go in there and I, uh, that day, the first day of just being in the studio, I made, um, a demo for when I became the sun. That was like the first song I wrote for Rob. Right. And, uh, that's a crazy fucking song. Thank you. Um, and I kind of put it at the tail end of the project because like, it was just, it's so dense and it was just i had so many thoughts in like putting that together it was the first song i recorded a demo for and it was the last song that we finished like it was a, the very last like take like trying to get it right um it took the whole gestation period um but yeah i started just making demos i ma I made a demo for for that uh i made a demo for um lauren london um the new news chain i um yeah made a demo for uncut gems i made a demo for moonlight eventually like a few weeks later and things just started like kind of rolling together and um taylor's like yo you have an album here and i'm like i'm just i'm just rapping right now i can't go to a therapist like the world is locked down so i'm just right he's just like nah man you have an album um and when Scott came in, he was just like, bro, you got to stop recording yourself. Let me record you. So he was the kick in the ass to to finish it. And um, yeah, man, I'm appreciative of all those guys because that's how it came. I, I was really just mourning my brother. And um, I didn't have any plans of putting it out. But, but you know, you did. And, <laughs> um, you know, you did. And there's just like, there's so much there's so much in this project like it like you know like obviously i was attracted to it off rip just because of the fact that you know like you got like you, you know like i've never heard anybody make a make a specific reference to new news chain in any rap song in my <laughs> life so like seeing it's like seeing that specific atl reference in there 
made me happy. Of course, you know, like Moonlight, Uncut Gems, like you said, like that's like surface level. But like, yeah. it you know, it's like I said, there's, it's crazy to know now that this is very much about, this very much came from your brother's death. And I'm sure there was a lot left over from the sickle cell and chemo shit in here too. Like, you know, like, so like, I'm sure the title robbed kind of, I mean, like, it seems to me like the connotation is that you've been robbed, you know, like, (laughs) that's kind of how it feels, especially after hearing that. Yeah. I feel like when I came back and started making like all the projects, um, every like rob project has like a, a motif like there's there's always like a a thing about it um where like so like t- like to live into rob was like okay i came back from the dead like i feel like this is me being trying to get back into this bag trying to get back into being like this rapper again and then too close to rob was like these feelings of paranoia that i started to get again because I went from being one of the hottest artists in the city to like absolutely nothing. It's like, I just disappeared off the face of the earth to then having to fight my way back into the scene. And then because I got booked on rolling loud, like people were like, Oh, let's get back into Rob's good graces. So I had like this weird, like, uh, like people would just make me feel paranoid. So like, when you look at the top titles, like, chatter antisocial claustrophobic like it's a very much about paranoia and when i was making robbers like i was just being cheeky because it was like drops and robbers cops and robbers it was just like whatever but like you know i had always remembered this story of like my brother getting back from iraq and like all his money being spent up that he thought he had in the savings by like somebody in the family like spin up all his dough and he like had to rob somebody to get money for a chicken and like that story always stuck with me so like i had named it that and then like in the wake of his death like it just felt even more like appropriate right um so then when i was making robbed like i felt robbed but i feel like my brother was robbed of a future like right he don't get to see his daughter grow up you know um that's just like wild to me so um and then like too much to rob has just been like excess like the last 20 years has just been like the last two years have been like a lot of crazy shit it's it's been a lot um you know um i have a lot of wild stories you know so yeah you do and you know like this has just been like and 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 you know and you know like hearing hearing too much to rob like that's very much like the it just feels like y'all are just getting shit off your chest in like a like it feels looser it feels looser yeah. than 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 rob did you know yeah. like not 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 that i would say that rob is like a concept album or nothing like that but like knowing this context now it makes sense why certain things play out the way they do and it just makes it mean more to me yeah. at least and uh yeah. it's just yeah. like no you go it's like i mean it's obviously a much more darker album and like i know exactly what i mean in things you know like i feel like with rob um because like half of that album has movie titles as references you know um yeah uh especially the one that I, i i doesn't really you know um 
catch with people because they haven't seen it and they probably shouldn't, which is irreversible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you've seen irreversible, um, you already know where I'm going to go with this. Like, it's like certain things you just, you can't like, you'll never be okay with that. Like I'll never be okay with my brother dying. I don't think I'm ever going to come to peace with that. And right. like, you know, like you can do whatever you want. You can go hurt whoever you want. Like, and that was like my thought process. Like when he died, it was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go slide on somebody. Cause I thought that he was murdered. And then it's just like, bro, you died at a heart attack. I can't even get revenge. Like it's, yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, And I, I was holding myself to a lot of these, I guess, quote unquote standards or these thoughts. Um, whereas with too much to rob, Jordan literally came to the studio one day and was like, hey, bro, you're doing a lot of work right now. I know you, you're you promoing Robbed and you're working on this big compilation sequel to, to Robbers and all that. But like, mm -hmm. you just need to rap. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of beats. He had like beats that were already like cooked up. Most of the beats um, that were on that album were like kind of already ready in like a certain state. And he he just played them back to back to back to back to. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I wrote that project in three weeks and recorded yeah. it and sent it back to him. And like he he did post-production. Um and then we put it out. He was like, You just gotta you just gotta slap people with music sometimes. Um yeah. So yeah, it definitely does feel looser. It definitely feels a lot more fun, it's a lot more ignorant. Um shout out to my favorite stripper. She inspired like half of that album. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. You know? I would literally like I, I was working on two projects at the same time. Like I would be at the like I would be at the studio and I was working on robbers and like da 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 da. Like we had people coming in and out and making all that. I'll go out in my car, I smoke some, I would drive to the strip club, have a drink, watch strippers, go back to the studio, and then I would write like and record the too much to rob stuff by myself and I would just send it to Jordan. And that's how I made that album. Man, shout out to Muses, bro. <laughs> shout out to Muses. Everybody oh needs one from time to time. Truly. Like, man, to, um, before we formally wrap this up, because, like, I'm just still processing this story. You just told me about everything. Just, like, talk to me, talk to me about the compilation that you're putting together that's, like, a sequel to Robbers. Because, like, because, you know, like, Florida in general... I, I like I feel like right now a, a very specific subset of Florida rap is having a huge moment. You know, like the Golden Boy yeah. count ups of the world are kind of going. Yeah. Like, like they're really going up right now. You right, know, like right, and right. like the, and like there was a period of time, obviously, when you know, like the Denzels and the Anonymouses of the world. I mean, like Anonymous just put out a great album this year. Shout out, shout out to Anon, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, fucking, you know, like but like Florida in general is just kind of having like an up moment right now. So right. like, what? So I guess just like why was now why did you feel like now is a time to kind of put this compilation album together and what does it mean for you to be able to use whatever platform you have to just kind of put on for Florida artists in that yeah. way? Um, I always wanted to do it. Um, and Wilson will tell you, um, and he'll co-sign this when this interview comes out. It's something that I always wanted to do. I always wanted to get in that executive producer chair and and put something together. I believe and it. Um, Robbers was kind of done in that way, but it was done in a much 
quicker fashion. You know, I put up X amount of dollars for studio time, but like there was money at stake. There was a lot that was going on. And like, I had to make sure the songs were done. I think we recorded like, it was around like 30 something songs for robbers. And like what came out was like 10 songs in the, in the drops that were that, that kind of preceded it. And then there was eight on the album itself. Um, but that was done. I don't want to say in a sloppy way, but it was very um, fast. So I don't feel like it was as organic. And I filled in a lot of the spaces of things as well, because there's songs on there where most of the songs on there half were just me. Um, Boost the Crime Rate, Madness, um, Shout Out to Rich Boy. Uh, Throw Some Ds is my favorite song of all time. So when I made Robbers, I kind of felt like that was going to be like my moment. That's um, so hard. That's top five so, songs for me too. I love that fucking song. So I named The Madness as my intro to that album because on Rich Boy's album, his intro is The Madness. So yeah, because that that um, whole album is so solid. I feel like sorry, I feel like people don't talk. <laughs> I feel like people don't talk about Rich Boy's album enough because like Throw Some D's is a classic, but like that album itself is it's incredible, phenomenal. so good. Phenomenal. Just had to put um, that out there. I agree. Uh, so this time around, I was like, I I was working at the studio, and I had accumulated studio time. I asked the owners about it. So what it came down to was like, all right, we're gonna go in. I'm gonna have I'm going to substitute my pay for studio time. So I didn't get paid for whatever. I did a whole bunch of work, blah, blah, blah. And I got as many Tampa artists that I could into the studio. And I produced the majority of the album itself, um, like in front of people. Like, I was like, hey, I got the sample, blah, blah, blah. How do you like it? Da, da, da. Okay, you don't like this. All right, do the synth. All right, you like this. Okay, we're going to build on it. Okay, you want some horns. All right, boo, boo, boo. So then, like, I'm just building these songs around these people. And then when I had proof of concept and I had enough songs, then I went to some other people that were in the city that had a little bit more ranking. Because it's like, if you go and you hit up Tom G and you're like, hey, I need a verse, he's going to be like, hey, I need X amount of dollars. But like, right. I showed him like what I was doing. He was like, Oh, all right, little nigga. I like, I like that. I like, you know, his raspy ass voice, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. such an undeniable rap voice, like, fantastic. And then, like, I played him shit, and he was like, "All right, you nice." So then, he came in and he did a hook. I had sent the song to Late Bloomer, and I'd sent him a few joints, and like none of them really were clicking. And then I got a beat from Park and LD LDG. Um, shout out to Park. Um. He made my favorite song off of um, my goal was to get like the producer of my favorite joint from every like Isaiah Rashad album. So like I got yeah. a black metaphor. Jo- I got a few black metaphor joints. Shout out to black. And then like when, you know, Sun's Tyree came out and I heard Park, I was like, oh, my goodness, I need to get up with him. So like shout out to Kai. She helps up set that up. Um, I remember I got to talking to him and he was like, hey, like what type of beat do you want? And I was like really i want something like park that's my favorite beat but if you can give me something like vendetta i'm gonna be happy so like he sent me a joint over i did that i got that over to late bloomer and he was like yeah this is hard so he did something for that um famous kid brick got a lot of emotion in the city he got a joint called mood that's like crazy 
but like for whatever reason whenever like i get around brick he's like yeah i'm gonna really rap <laughs> and like he smoked both features that you know he did for the project i got a joint with 12 lin um that i'm really excited about as well so i was really just trying to pull from as many different avenues as i can because there is so much more to tampa hip-hop than or florida hip-hop than what people are seeing with you know uh, smorgasbords of like little jb's and count-ups and like and the um what's the other homie that's really popping right now um damn if i was talking to mac he'd say it off the top of his tongue but there's a ton more than just the tampa right. drill or the florida drill or the you know young Nace or whatever the case may be and then right. when it comes to tampa there's more than than dochi like right and i love dochi so it's like it's great that she has put that beacon out on the city and now it's like okay let's show all the sides of the prism that while while we have like the attention of the masses so if i can get on and do rolling loud in new york and rolling loud in miami and rolling loud in la fingers crossed and like get on south by southwest and go to a3c and you know promote this album and then it's like showing the world the jay browns and the little fancies and uh the flex winners of the world it's like oh there's a lot that's going on in florida let's really peel this back mm. um i think you know the rewards of that are much greater than a, a paycheck or a deal because like i'm gonna get my bars off regardless like you know um i'm working on the next album uh because robbers is going to be the last robbed project for some time i think this, right <laughs> i think this is the this is the this is the one to to wrap it up like okay i think the story's complete here but um i'm a taurus so like the next album is called the taurus trap um and that'll be like a project with scott and me so like i'm already working on other stuff but um i think this is just going to be a fulfilling moment for myself and for the city right i love that you know i i i think uh especially after all the things that you've gone through and this is the this is this is your second second win, you know. <laughs> so um, so it's really uh, it's really special to see that you're kind of using this to to help put on for other people as much as yourself, and you know, like getting to know you and listening to your music and just kind of seeing this come together the way it has is just it's dope. I don't know. I just I just I have nothing insightful or profound to say other than the fact that I love what you're doing. And I'm really happy that you're in a position where you feel like you still have something to say and are helping other people say what they got to say. And, you know, that's just that's just dope. And, you know, you deserve you, you know, you just deserve to, you know, you just deserve to get what you need to get off. So I'm just happy that you're uh, I'm happy you're still moving because it would be very easy to just kind of lay back and be like, yeah, I'm I'm over this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, after I all of that, like. I don't think I'll ever be over it though. I think that's what it comes down to. It's just like at the, end of the, at the end of the day, man, like horses don't stop. They keep going, bro. Like, yeah. Shawn Michael can come back to wrestling after dealing with a broken back and crack. Like, yeah, this shit is cake. That's facts, bro. That's, that's, that's facts. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts. And before we fully wrap this up, um, Gats, Rob, um, if your life was a movie, what would it be about? 
he just blinked eight times, y'all. Y'all aren't gonna see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if my life was a movie, like if it was a biography, like autobiography, or if it was just like if I made a movie, what would it? If be you made if you made a movie, what would it be about? You know, like or 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 or, or yeah, like it doesn't. Yeah, just yeah, it's like if your life or 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 just like if your life was a movie, it could even be like what kind of movie would it be like? You know, type it of would, thing. It would definitely be a thriller. Um, it would be like it would be like something where like there's just insurmountable odds, and it's just like the dumbest thing, but it's like it's like a low life, high stakes, like the Warriors. Like mm-hmm. it's just this is like a gang just trying to get home, bro. Like this yeah. is like the, the lowest stakes when on, on the grand scale of things, but like to them it's everything. I feel like that's what it's always been. It's been like a game of inches with me. It's like it's always been like right there. Like, no, I'm not like a Drake or a, a little baby or anything of that nature, but like I've been on the world's largest hip hop festival numerous times. Like, doesn't that make me like a top 500 rapper in the world or some shit like that? That's a crazy <laughs> stat. Like, right. granted, like, would I love to be like a top 25 rapper in the world? Of course. Who wouldn't? Like, I'd be getting sure. paid. I'd be rich. You know, like, I wouldn't be like podcasting from like the crib. But you know what? <laughs> I'm top 500. And there's like 8 billion fuckers on this world. So like, that's yeah, man. game of inches. Yeah, that's what it'd be. It'd be like a football allegory i don't know it's got to be called game of inches like that's the name of the movie now like yeah, it's, it's it's in it's in there now <laughs> and like you know like you and you're like you kind of you done this all on your own terms like you said you know like this is like you you really got it out the mud in ways that people think they got it out the mud you know and i had to sell tickets to an asap bird concert like come on that man now. had three singles out <laughs> like, bird, man. I'm telling you, man. It, it, everything always comes back to work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, son, this was so great. Like, this went way longer than I expected it to. And just learning more about you has been a treat. And I'm so excited to hear Robbers when it comes out. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just happy you're still here because, you know, like even, you know, like even if there's been even if there's been more difficult shit happening in the world and with other people, like you've been through a lot and you're still here. And that means a lot, you know, like it's, it's like, you know, you know, like I, like, like I almost feel like 65, 70% of this game is perseverance. Yep. You know, like it's, 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 it's just about like how, how, how much you can keep getting back up when you get knocked down. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just dope to see you making your music the way you do and just continuing to thrive and, just like put on for yours. So shout out to you. And thank you so much for being here. Like it, yes, it, 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 it means a lot, you know, I'm just, thank you for I, having it, me, man. This, like this was, know, this was great. This was great. Like, this is like a dream come true. Like I love, like I, I get to talk about like music and like film and like shit made my day, made my whole week. Oh man. See, that's what we're here for. Like, like it's like these two things, you know, like it's been it's been so great talking to you about this because like you usually I ask a certain set of questions and I didn't have to ask half of them because you already went right into it. So it, it was it was it was just so like you you were you were the perfect fit for this. Like and I knew you would be, but like 
it, it just like I'm just happy. I'm just happy to kind of offer up a something something a little different than just like the typical like what's your story, what's your favorite <laughs> art. You know, like it, it's like all that stuff's important and cool, but like right. you know, I, I'm 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 I mean I don't want to gas myself up too much, but I, I we had fun here. I don't we know. Did. I just I just I just want to have fun and, and fun is good. <laughs> Can I ask you a question before we sign off? Please. Final question. Yes. Favorite Stevie Wonder song. Damn. Oh, actually, no, no, no. I know this one off the top of my head. Another star. Oh. Yeah, that's my favorite Stevie Wonder song. That shit makes me cry every time I think about it. Oh, or or not, not 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 when I think about it, but when I when well, when I listen to it, it's when just to it. man, what a song. <laughs> that's great. That's a good one. I, I just I just like that's one where like I mean like Stevie obviously gets his shit off, but like the last four minutes is just the little la 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 for like four minutes and it's just like that's like I forget who said it. Somebody somebody said some shit about how like this it was a TikTok I saw. Somebody had a hot take that like Stevie Wonder and Prince are the two greatest musicians who ever lived. And I think Stevie Wonder is one of the greatest musicians who ever lived. You know, yeah. like it just yeah. like his 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 music is like unreal. Like 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 we'll be talking about Stevie. They'll be talking about Stevie Wonder in a thousand years the way we talk about like Bach and Beethoven and Mozart. Like that's yeah. going to be like the classical music that everyone's trying to chase, you know, yeah. type. Shit. And it's like, you know, you can talk about Michael Jackson all day if you want to. But at the end of the day, Michael Jackson had Thriller and. Honestly, like thriller is more so of a Quincy thing than it is a Mike thing or a, a a synergy of Quincy and Mike, just like Confessions is a synergy of Usher and Jermaine. Like Oh, that's a fact. You, you know, like yeah, they're monumental albums and they shift culture, but like that is it is a tent pole in a in a in a ebbing and flowing thing. Like Yeah. Stevie has classics on classics on classics on classics like literally like a tear of you know just so yeah i just i just i was just curious nah yeah yeah you know like michael jackson would probably be in that three on like with prince and fucking um stevie wonder but yeah now now before we leave tell me your favorite stevie wonder song oh ain't gonna stand for it that's a good one too wow i whip that bad boy out at karaoke every time Damn. Damn. I'd be wanting to get into the older Stevie shit sometimes. That's that's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, I do it with the, the, the country twang and everything. Like, yeah, I, Come I'd, on be, now. I'd be really like sliding that shit. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.